Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty, so you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Welcome to IDoPodcast.com, where fun and inspiring relationship experts, therapists, and couples share tips and advice that will help lead you to a fulfilling and happy relationship. Let their guidance illuminate your path to happiness. Are you ready to create lasting love? And now, your hosts, Chase and Sarah. What's up, Love Tribe? Welcome to the show. If you're single, dating, married, or struggling in a relationship, We're here to help give you the tools to succeed. 
you're in the right place. And on today's show, we have Scott and Bethany Palmer, and we discuss all things money. They are the money couple. They've dedicated their lives to helping others strengthen their relationships with the five money personalities. With 43 years of combined financial planning experience, they launched The Money Couple and are regulars on national TV and radio and speak internationally about love and money. So a lot of really great information from these two. And one of the more sobering facts that we get from Bethany in the beginning is that in a Washington Post survey, 70% of divorces cite finances as one of the primary reasons for divorce. So money is a super important part of relationships. So whether you're married or dating or single, you're going to want to understand your money personality. And uh, on the interview, they gave us some great information. They went over the five money personalities, which I didn't even know existed before this interview. So it's pretty cool. They also have a quiz on their website at themoneycouple.com where you can take this quiz and find out what personality you are. Uh, and I think they even have one for uh, to do as a couple. Yeah, yeah. And it's super important. So just want to give you the five personalities real quick before you hear them in the interview and you'll probably identify with one of them straight off the bat. So we have a saver, spender, risk taker, security seeker, and flyer. And I know Sarah and I, when we heard that, we kind of zeroed in. But I was I was actually a little bit wrong. I thought I was a saver, but it turns out I might be more of a security seeker. So we're going to take, we haven't taken the quiz yet, but if you're listening to this, go to themoneycouple.com right now, take the quiz. We're going to take it. It's going to be super important, valuable uh, to your relationship. And as always, you can support the podcast on Amazon.com. The links are in the show notes page as well as on our website, audibletrial.com forward slash I do podcast and patreon.com forward slash I do podcast. Yeah, we really appreciate you guys uh, listening and definitely supporting us. We've had, we have actually five Patreons, patrons already. (laughs) Yeah, even though... I'll admit two of them or I think three of them are family members. <laughs> we'll, we'll take them wherever we can, but we do have two listeners on there. So we appreciate that. And that just helps us, uh, you know, with the editing and, and hopefully a babysitter to watch Sella. She's been pretty good during naps, but it's hard to get work done sometimes with the screaming one-year-old. So we really appreciate all you guys listening, providing feedback. If you haven't already, you can subscribe on iTunes, leave us a review, let us know if there's any things you'd like to hear us cover or the past episodes that you've really enjoyed. So thanks for listening, guys. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Today we have Scott and Bethany Palmer with us. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having us. It's great to be here. So we've given our listeners just a little bit of information about what you guys do. So why don't you take a second and tell us why you enjoy helping couples and people with their finances? Well, absolutely. So Bethany and I have been in the financial planning industry for a combined 40 years now and (laughs) a little bit of time. And it was really interesting. We noticed that as we help people build their wealth, we noticed as we help people get quote unquote financial house in order that often those houses would be split in two because of divorce. And when we started really doing the research and talking to our clients and, and working with couples, we found that money 
was the number one reason that couples fight. And it's also um, the Washington Post did an amazing uh, survey where they said that 70 percent of all divorces, um, they cited in those 70 percent of all divorces cited money as the number one reason for their breakup. And so that kind of lit a fire under us in that we've got all these people out there that are having really, really hard times in their relationships and money is the cause of that. So Bethany and I, you know, we got on a mission to just kind of figure out, okay, so how, how can we fix this? What resources can we give people? And we found out there were no resources. And so we said, well, then we need to create those resources. So we did a whole bunch of, um, research and worked with thousands of couples and have come up with the the five money personalities, which basically allows people to understand more, most importantly, why they look and deal with money the way that they do, but also how their spouse looks and deals with money the way that they do. So we travel internationally, uh, teaching people about their money personalities and how they can have an amazing relationship and amazing financial relationship as well. Wow, seventy percent of all divorces, uh, according to that survey, that's that's a pretty in, incredible figure. I know, and a lot of times people think that if they just like split their money and kind of have separate money lives because they don't agree about money, that that'll help. So people are kind of grasping at straws for how to figure it out. And what happens is, is money impacts just about every decision that we make. It's so interesting because a lot of times people think of money as just the big ones, like, you know, we're going to buy a house or, you know, what kind of job are we going to have? What kind of money are we going to make? And things like that, which are all important. But what about those small day-to-day conversations that we have with our spouse? Like, for example, if one person, like, you know, Scott likes his Starbucks coffee, and let's say, I think that's ridiculous to spend $5 on a cup of coffee. Why don't you just brew it at home? I mean, we've got, and then you, an argument can really happen over little things like that. You know, you put like, what grade of gasoline are you going to put in your car? I mean, just today I went to go fill my car up and, you know, there's a money component to that decision. And then if you aren't on the same wavelength as your spouse on those day-to-day money decisions, then that's when fighting starts. That's when the nagging starts. That's when the silent treatments start. And that's what happens. It just slowly erodes a relationship And it's, again, not these big money decisions, but it's just because we oftentimes look at money differently than our spouse for a whole lots of reasons. And uh, like I said, the arguments start and then it erodes the relationship and really can drive you apart and drive a wedge right in the middle of your relationship. We were recently uh, speaking with a a psychologist and he was a marriage counselor. It was his kind of specialty and he has a pretty large firm here. And he said that it's amazing because couples – usually won't address a major stress point in their relationship for six years. So usually they're six years into their disagreement or their area of bitterness before they even really jump in and start to address that problem. So imagine that if you're fighting for money over money for six years, or if you can't get on the same, the same wavelength on a budget or where you're going to live or what, how you're going to dress your kids or where, or where you're going to go out to eat that night for six years that's why money devastates relationships the way that it does because people just start living separate lives. Yeah, it's, it's so true and it's such an important topic and that's why we're excited to pick your brain. So I want to know, what can we dive into what the five money personalities are? 
Absolutely. Here's the thing. We There's five money personalities, but the most important component of the money personalities is understanding that everybody has two, a primary one and a secondary one. And that though, the way that those two work together in your life is what makes you unique and different. So even though we have five money personalities, there's actually 20 combinations of them. So we can rattle off the five money personalities and what they are, and everybody will probably be able to know what their primary is. But again, don't just stop. I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is they just stop with their primary and don't understand that it's the unique combination of the both that makes you who you are and makes you probably very different than your spouse. We've had thousands of people take our money personality assessment that we have on our website at themoneycouple.com for free. We've had thousands of people. And do you know that we only have three couples of all those thousands of people who have taken it that have the same primary one and the same secondary wow. one? Wow. And so, you know, we talk about how money is, is kind of that primary uh, source of tension. That's the reason, because we don't look at it the same way as our spouse. And so, like I said, you know, we'll quickly go through them, but we really want to encourage your listeners, don't just stop with your primary, make sure you understand your secondary um, as well. So the five are, and we made them easy, um, it's saver, spender, risk taker, security seeker, and a flyer. Um, a flyer is a person who flies by the seat of their pants when it comes to money and really thinks relationships are more important than any kind of money decisions. So. My, my mom is a great example of a flyer. So she's a flyer um, security seeker. So if you say, Mom, do you, do you and Dad want to head out with us to dinner tonight? She doesn't ask where you're going, how much it's going <laughs> to cost. She's just like, what time do we show up? Because <laughs> relationships are so so hugely important to her and that's that's how her money also works if it if it's a relation you know if it's a relation decision over money decision she's always going to go on the relational side which is awesome it can also get you in trouble and one of the things with these money personalities is we could spend the next 12 hours on this call with y'all talking about the positive aspects and then we could spend another 12 hours with you talking about the negative aspects and so it's really important to, to know that what your primary is and your secondary is, how you can have internal conflict. Um, I have a ton of internal conflict and in then I'm a primary spender, secondary security seeker, which means half the stuff I buy, I return <laughs> because I have incredible buyer's remorse. But it's so fun on our assessment because when you when you go in and take as an individual, it kind of opens your eyes to holy smokes, that's one, I'm not crazy when it comes to how I look at money. It's really great too, because if you have your spouse or your significant other do the same thing, what basically they have the ability to do is they can see themselves and you can say, oh my gosh, that's why you make me crazy when it when it comes to money. That's why, that's why I'm not, that's why you do what you do. And so, you know, even Bethany and, and myself, our secondary money personalities are exact opposites. So she does stuff, sometimes it just, Risk. It makes me nuts because she's a risk taker and I'm a security seeker. So she's always in for the new deal. I'm never in for the new deal. Mm -hmm. And so um, just understanding those differences, the differences aren't bad. 
As a matter of fact, I've grown a lot as, as a person because of Bethany's money, her money personality difference. And I, oh, and hopefully she's grown from mine. Um, I don't know if she'll admit that, no, but, I have. Um, but <laughs> Absolutely. That, that's the key to this whole thing is, is understanding each other. We've had the last time I checked the number, I think we've had over 65,000 people take this assessment and just organically coming to our website and taking it. But it was interesting if you, if you take it with your spouse, we found that close to 85% have at least one opposite in their, in their relationship. So when we hear about 70% of divorces ending over money, we were not surprised at that statistic at all because we can prove it through our assessment that that's exactly what's happening. And you know, it's really interesting too, because you know, we are really attracted to our opposite. I'll just take, if you have the primary differences of one being a spender and one being a saver, for example, a spender is a person who likes to spend money on themselves, but they also love to give gifts. Spenders are great that way. They just love to give gifts. We just went, I just went out to a uh, coffee with a friend and she's a definite spender. Every time she goes out to coffee with me, she has to bring me like a little gift. She calls it a happy. And it's just almost downright cute, but that's just how spenders are. Savers, complete opposite. And so let's say like when you're dating and you're a saver and then the person that you're attracted to is a spender and he's lavishing all these gifts on you and he's giving you chocolates and flowers and taking to you to all these nice restaurants and stuff. And you are just wowed and, and wooed by that whole difference. Cause it's so different than you. It's so cool. He does all these nice things for me. But the problem is, is then you get married and then you want him to stop. You want him to stop giving you flowers. You want him to stop giving you candy. You want him to stop lavishing these gifts on you because you think that's ridiculous because you're a saver. But that's who he is. That's what, how he shows love. And so now you're telling him that that's bad. And that's where the tension and the breakdown begins. So when you have that different oppositeness in the primaries or opposite in your secondaries, it can really cause a lot of tension just in your day-to-day um, activities and, and who you are inside of your relationship. Yeah, it's, it's such an important thing and it's really hitting home because Sarah and I are definitely, well, first of all, we're going to take that test, um, <laughs> you know, because we know we're different. I, 100%, we've had a conversation about it and I encourage our listeners, 100%, go and take this test. Even if you're just dating right now, you don't have yes. to be married or single. Like, it's important to understand this so when you do get into a relationship, uh, you know where it's coming from. And, and uh, you know, so many problems arise when we don't communicate. And certainly, like you said, money is obviously a huge part of our life. So if we aren't communicating, if we're on two different pages with how we look at money, that's where problems are going to arise. And Sarah and I have, are, I mean, we are, we are opposite ends of the spectrum. I would have to say just on the basic primaries, I'm a saver and Sarah's a spender, like 100 mm-hmm. percent right sir yeah mm-hmm. pretty much <laughs> yeah and 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 uh we we understand that and so i'm, I'm gonna take this test we're gonna figure out our yeah. secondaries and uh it's gonna it's gonna help us and how would you so the first thing that comes to mind when you're talking about uh couples having different uh, personalities, what would be the first advice you'd give a couple for like chase and I who have completely different personalities? You know, one of the things that um, we really encourage uh, couples to do is to, number one, understand what they are. But number two, imagine and think back when you were dating 
And what was it about those money personalities that the person that you are mar- now married to, how did they show their face? How did they, you know, did did Chase bring coupons to, you know, going out to eat or suggest that we go to the place that's going to give you, you know, five sandwiches for one, you know, kind of price? You know, what, what was it that showed itself um, in terms of the money personalized when you were dating? And how did you react back then? It's fascinating to think about it um, just from a, a dating perspective and then analyze how has it played itself out from the beginning of your relationship to where you are now. Because sometimes when you just play those tapes back and you start to understand the dynamic, one of the reasons we get so frustrated, one of the reasons we get so impatient, one of the reasons why we just kind of throw our hands up and say, you're ridiculous, is because we don't really understand that that is the way that they are. They're not going to change. I mean, can they understand, you know, if we're a, the com- most balanced person in the world, we would have a little bit of all five of them, but we're not. So it's important to understand they're not going to change. However, there are positives of every money personality. And when I, when Scott and I kind of laugh, you know, Scott's like, you know, I think she, she, uh, like some of the aspects of my security seeker. And I do, I will tell you, I am so much better about not just being impulsive and, and moving something forward when it might not be a good idea to move forward or whatever the situation is. I'm so much more cautious now than I used to be. But that's because I've picked up and learned from Scott that there are times when you need to be a little bit more cautious. Just like with him, with me, I'll you know, we'll, I'll say, you know what, honey, let's just go for it. Let's do it. And, and he has much more of an adventurous spirit now than when we were first married. So it's, it's just been fun for us, but that's how we encourage couples to really see, because again, oftentimes the chain, the, the challenges have been there, but you just didn't really understand why, and you couldn't put your finger on it. And this will allow you to do that. Yeah. And then like so many things we talk about, it comes down to communicating. So figuring out what kind of money personality you are and then making sure you understand and communicate that to your partner and then move forward that way. And what I found, what Sarah and I did is we're opposite ends of the spectrum and we're like, all right, we got to make a budget and here's our, our monthly budget, our expenses, what we're bringing in. And then what would you tell someone like the way we actually did it was like, okay. And here is the, cause Sarah's the spender. I was like, okay, here's what you have to work with and spend basically on whatever it is you need to. And that has more or less worked out. Um, what would you tell people? Is that, is that a good approach? That's a great approach. I was going to say, I, I can't jump on that one fast enough. That is an absolute great, great approach chase because One of the things that happens oftentimes is the saver is so into being a saver that they aren't even willing to give a budget, a line item to the spender of how much they can spend. And that's where it it just kills you because a spender isn't going to change. A spender wants to buy gifts. A spender wants to go, you know, have fun and spend money. I mean, that's just what they want to do. So if you're constantly trying to squelch that, um, is when it really gets into problems. But it'll be really interesting for you, Chase, to take the money personality assessment because 
See, there's a difference between a saver and a security seeker. Yeah, I think and that's more those true. are those are really important to understand that difference. Yeah, you might be more a little bit more of a security seeker, even just in that you were willing to do it. Yeah, you were willing to open up that part of the yeah. budget. So you'll have to shoot us an email and let us know where you land. Well, I can't. I mean, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, just the feeling that when Chase and I talked about the budget and we've kind of set a monthly allowance just by doing that, it makes me not have really the guilt that he'll be disappointed in me spending, you know, so much or whatever. When I have that allotted amount, it's like, okay, this is what I'm allowed to spend. I don't always spend that much, but it kind of takes the pressure off. I think potential arguments. Well, and, and you're, you're, you're spot on, Sarah, because here's how it happens with most couples, especially couples that really hold their money super tight to their chest. So the way that it happens with a lot of couples is the one is making the budget, tells the other one how the budget is going to work and what they can spend or can't spend. And then the other one nods and says, OK, and then turns around and does whatever they want to do and <laughs> spends money. And, you know, if you look at statistics um, up to 35% of all couples, one of them has a secret credit card, checking account, or stash of cash. And so the reason they do that is because in most cases, they don't feel heard um, by their significant other. So what they'll do is they just set up their own deal. And we call that financial infidelity. It's kind of a harsh term because financial infidelity um, is lying cheating. lying, cheating, hoarding money, any of those type things. And, and people think, well, the people that, that commit financial infidelity, they're probably, you know, the spenders. And actually it's not true. We see a lot of savers and a lot of security seekers that have secret accounts that have secret cash stashes. Um, they have life insurance policies their spouse doesn't know about. I mean, the list just kind of goes on and on, but what, what you described is great that you guys have found, a happy medium, and that's what we call compromise. Most couples, and I would say at least that 70% that got divorced over money, have no idea how to compromise when it comes to their money. They can compromise about anything else, but when it comes to their money, they are just not willing to let it go. And those couples are really probably destined for divorce. Yeah, well, I appreciate the compliment. I think we both do, but definitely want to, it's not easy, you know, and, and we, (laughs) we had our, our fair share of arguments to get to the point of like, okay, we got it. We're having the same conversation over and over the same argument. We made the budget and, and it's work, but there's still like anything in a relationship. We, you constantly gotta, gotta work on it, I think. And, and it's not just going to set up and be fine. One of the other things that we found was kind of difficult was I was in a way because I'm the security seeker or saver. It felt like I was like parenting Sarah, you know, like yes. this is what it is. And and I knew yep. it was hard and that, that she was feeling that way. And uh, what would, what would you say in that situation? Because I'm the quote unquote, like responsible money person. And then here's Sarah, the spender. And it's like, I'm her dad, you know, how do you deal with that? Well, and you've you've identified such a uh, an important distinction there in that it can turn into this kind of parent uh, relationship sometimes. Oftentimes, spenders, risk takers, and flyers are shamed. Um, society tells people that you know the people who save, the people who have you know a total plan, that they're better 
than the spender, risk taker, or flyer. And we are here to say there are so many positive strengths and um, generous things about risk takers and flyers and spenders. Um, it is a lot of a responsibility on the saver to make sure that you um, have your opinion in check. Um, you know, it's interesting. It can even, the, it, like, let's say you guys were going out to buy a couch. I mean, a simple thing like a darn couch. Um, we're going to be redoing some remodeling in our house. So these kind of things are coming up in ours. But the saver is going to look for the cheapest and going to, or a security seeker is going to want to make sure they do all this research. And the spender and the risk taker is going to be like, well, this one's fine. This is great. Let's just do this. And it doesn't really matter how much it costs. Mm -hmm. So both people in that in that side, if you both come to the middle and say, you know what, I'm going to go into this not being quite so anal about the money and we are going to figure out how much what our budget is. But if also if the spender helps out as well and says, you know what, I want to make sure that I give to my spouse in this endeavor, I'm not going to ask for the most expensive one. I'm not going to, you know, have a cow if, if, um, it's not perfect, you know, that kind of thing. So if both come to the middle, then we find that it can actually be pleasant experiences to go purchase things. Um, but if you aren't conscious of wanting to give to your spouse in this way, you know, we talk about, you know, giving notes to our spouse of encouragement. We talk about, um, you know, we want to give in, in the relationship. Here is a way you can give. And people don't often think about it that way, but you can give quite a lot to a spouse by coming more to their money personalities. And you know, what's really interesting when you do that, they end up usually giving you back some space as well. So it's one of those situations that it can really get into be a power struggle. But if you both try to come into the middle, but if you do it, with intentionality, understanding that you're you're um, coming at it from that knowing there are too many personalities, it really helps. You know, Chase, it's interesting because I, I being the security seeker in our family, I was kind of known as the no guy. <laughs> so somebody would make suggestions, and I'd be like, "Great suggestion, no." Yeah. Um, I don't even know if you would start off with great suggestions. Yeah, that, that <laughs> I think it was just no, and and that that gets really hard. If you're the person in the relationship where one of you is kind of the fun one and the other one is the no one, and I was that no one in our relationship. And it was interesting as we were exploring these money personalities, Beth said something having to do with our finances. And I was like, no, I don't think we can do that. And I caught myself saying no before she'd even completed her sentence. And I was like, wow, man, that is my security seeker money personality running amok. And so what we what I had to do, do was anymore. step back and say, why am I the no guy? You know, I mean, we why why do I do that? And it was that money personality pushing that. So what I found was I just stopped saying no. I would listen to Bethany's whole thing and I would say, can I can I just think about that? Can I just table that? And she was always like, yeah, of course. And half the time when I would table it, I would go, oh, my gosh, that's a great idea. And the other times I would be like, you know, I, this is where I'm struggling with this decision. I would go back to her and say, hey, you know, this is kind of where I'm freaking out financially um, with that suggestion. I, I don't know if it's the best idea. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time, Beth would be like, you're absolutely right. And so 
I think that's where you're kind of picking up on that. And a lot of couples, there's always one no person. And that no person is usually the security seeker and the saver. And that's where it becomes parental because as parents, Beth and I have two boys, we've said no a lot over the last 15 <laughs> years. Um, but you don't want that from your spouse. Yeah, that's all such great information. And it really hits home. And I think I would encourage our listeners, don't waste another day. Take the take the test at uh, themoneycouple.com. Find out what your money personality is because it's just all of this hits home with us so much. And it's really just the little bit we did with setting the budget helped our relationship because it's always a, a point of friction um, in a lot of relationships. Absolutely. It really, really is. So we're, we're excited because if we can stop these money fights, it just makes you feel close. And when you have a way to intentionally give to your spouse um, just by encouraging their many personalities. Um, it's a, a pretty, pretty great place to be. It was funny. We're not only just talking about, you know, married couples, you, you, you see these kinds of things pop up with couples that are just dating. We had these, this one couple tell us a story the other day. It was so cute. They, it was Valentine's day and they were, you know, they had been dating for about six months and uh, he bought her this, re he, she was obviously the spender, he was the spender, he bought her this really, really beautiful pair of earrings, and he, she could tell they were really expensive, and she said, okay, well, you ready for my gift, and he said yes, and she's obviously a saver, and she displayed a plate of cookies, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, you know, you just, you see those money personalities come out in so many ways talking about it, understanding those differences, and then seeing how those um, different money personalities can complement each other and make you even stronger is just such a great, great place to be. You know, for couples that are dating, um, engaged, etc., this is such a huge component because you you can have up to four different money personalities in one relationship. Yes. And, and that can create a lot of tension. Now, can you have an awesome relationship? Absolutely, because if you go in with the mind the mindset that hey we're gonna we're gonna get stronger using each other's money personalities. It's gonna be harder, a lot harder, but it's going to be it can be a great relationship. But with that said, you just have to make sure you know what you're getting into. And we with the media that we do, we have people all the time say, well, when is it okay to to talk to this person that I'm dating about money? And I always say, well, you don't start off with that. You don't start <laughs> off with hey, let's talk about your student loan and my student loan debt. I mean, that that's not where the conversation starts. Where the conversation can start is, hey, what's your money personality? Oh, I don't know. What, I mean, what's your primary and secondary? I, I have no idea. Hey, let's go on our phones and take seven minutes and take this money personality assessment to see where we're alike and where we're different. It's a totally great way to get to know the person, and it's not – it's not uh, – you're not intruding and it's not you're not threatening their their personal space by doing it. And then if especially if you've already taken it, you'll know exactly what you are already. But you can say, oh, we're a lot alike or we're a lot different. Am I willing to move forward with that? And then, you know, a couple of dates down the road, you can have the debt conversation. But the reality is it's such a great way for young couples to get to know each other. And what and if they're going to take their relationship to the next stage. Um, know what they're getting into. And, you know, some, I had a, um, a lady tell me that she was dating someone and they had dated, I don't know, 10, 11 times. And it was kind of getting a little bit more serious. And then she had brought it up to him. 
And uh, he was like, no way, I don't take assessments. I don't do those kind of things. And it was just a huge red flag. She found out a lot later, a couple of years later, that he had all these financial problems, all this financial um, upheaval in his life. And my thought, my response is if someone isn't willing to just take a simple assessment, there might be something there that they're hiding. And then you run as fast as you can. Uh, so there's just a lot of great things that you can do um, with this assessment and in uh, understanding each other better. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and like you said, if if they're not willing to compromise, even take a little test, that's a huge red flag. And who who knows what else they may be hiding in their, in their relationship if they're not yeah. willing to come out and be honest and just yeah. about that th- those things. Um, you are so right. I'm just curious, how are these money personalities formed? Are they formed, you know, from how you're raised, like your parents? Are you are you pretty much what your parents are? Absolutely not. I think that's that's what we want to naturally assume. But we really see that these money personalities are part of your DNA. They really are who you are. And the way that Bethany and I tested and proved this was Halloween candy. And what we did was we we had our kids and then we had all of our friends. You know, you kind of run in your same circles with the same age kids. And we said, we want to know how they consume their Halloween candy. And what we found was that your your spenders ate it quick and they ate a lot of it. Your security seekers, um, they would take it and put it in different piles. So there's like a Hershey pile. There was a Reese's you know pile. Reese's peanut butter cup <laughs> pile. All these piles. We were fascinated that the security seekers did that. Then we had the um, then we had the flyers. They gave their candy away. It was all about giving the candy away. We have uh, because it's all about the relationship. We had the savers. So my nephew is a saver. Um, we went out trick or treating. He's like Uncle Scott. I don't even know why I came. I still have Halloween candy from last year. Um, <laughs> And uh, spender, risk taker, uh, risk taker. Oh, the risk taker. Those are the kids that were trading it all over the place. Hey, I'll give you this for this. They turned it. They turned it into a negotiation tool. And why is that? Well, because candy is kid currency. And so I'm looking at my kids that handled their candy totally different than I would have and my my money personality and totally different. And Bethany noticed the exact same thing. Well, it's fun, funny too, because my primary money personality is spender. My secondary is risk taker. When I was a kid, obviously I didn't know about money personalities back then. I would eat my candy so fast. I mean, <laughs> so fast. And then I would trade with my brother all the time. And it's just like, that's just freaky to me that even as a kid, I, you know, that was my form of currency was candy back then. And that's what I would do. My mom is a primary saver, secondary security seeker, could not be more opposite than me. I mean, seriously. So, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you know, we get a lot of our, the ways that we think about things from our, our parents, we do, but when it comes to our money personalities, they're ingrained in us and we either mimic what our parents are, or we rebel against it. So for me, my natural way of who I was was so different than my mom, and my mom would always shame me about it. She'd say things like, you know, why does every dollar that you get burn a hole in your pocket? You know, those kind of comments. So it just made, it just kind of pushed me further and further away. That's why we also have available kids assessments, because parents assume or want their kids to be exactly how they are but they're not. 
So making sure that you really understand your kids' money personalities is absolutely crucial and understand that they are who they are. They're not going to change, but you can encourage the areas that you think might need some help. So my, um, if you have a child who's a saver security seeker, will never let go of their money, are not super generous. So you want to teach them generosity. You know, what does that mean? And uh, so there's just a, it's wonderful parenting um, opportunities when it comes to money personalities as well. That's awesome. I was gonna I was gonna joke and say you need the Halloween candy uh, money assessment, but you guys, <laughs> exactly. you guys, so you you have that for kids on uh, your website as well. Yes, awesome. absolutely. Our our latest book is the five money conversations to have with your kids at every age and stage. So we put the the assessment together with questions that are age appropriate. So we have age five to twelve, thirteen to seventeen and 18 to 25. Just questions that are going to be a little bit more appropriate for those um, age groups. And obviously, as a, as a five-year-old, you, you ask the five-year-old the questions, and uh, then you um, insert the answers in there. But so important, so crucial, especially as money impacts our relationships. And I know, I know the money personality tension definitely got in the middle of my relationship with my mom. No doubt about it. Yeah, well, we'll, as soon as our daughter, she's one, but we'll give her a few years, and then we'll we'll get her on there. (laughs) Well, well, uh, like you said, we could talk about this for like 12 hours, and it is so interesting and so valuable, but we're going to jump right into the lasting love round. What is one tool or practice our listeners can use on a daily basis to help improve the finances in their relationship? Well, I think you start with the money personality assessment. Um, we even sell magnets with the money personality assessment to, so people can put it on their refrigerator to remember, to remind themselves how much they love their spouse and how different their money personalities are. So you really have to start somewhere and you can't really have the financial freedom. Um, I would say you can't, you can't even reach your full potential, um, as a couple until you really know what the, the other person's perspective is. Once you understand the different perspectives in your relationship, you can have an amazing amount of prosperity. So besides the money assessment, is there a book or resource you can recommend for listeners who want to improve the finances in their relationship? Absolutely. The five money personalities speaking the same love and money language is a great tool because not only does it teach you how to understand the other person's money personality, but how do you move forward as a couple financially to make it to make it worth make it worth it for both of you. Awesome. We will be sure to add that to your show notes page on our website at idopodcast.com. Awesome. We've been married for almost two years now. Is there any advice you would give newlyweds or engaged couples uh, while planning their budget or finances? Absolutely. Make sure that you take both persons' perspective into consideration when you're putting a budget together. Not just the person who's putting the budget together, but make sure that you think about the other person as well. How they think about money. Uh, Don't be as um, heavy-handed as you might want to be, but make sure that you understand that this other person is a person, even though they have a different perspective of money than you do. And you have to be willing to be really upfront with each other. 
you are if you're going to enter into a lifetime with this person, you have to be able to have those tough conversations about money. You have to be able to have those tough conversations about what your perspective is moving forward as a couple and what you want your future to look like. And those are scary things to do, but you have to do them if you're going to have a successful relationship. Is there any advice you would give our single listeners who are trying to figure out their finances going into a relationship? Absolutely. Once again, I think it's really understanding who they are. Once you really understand who you are and why you deal with money the way you do, you can be awesome for the person that you're going to bring in your life. And it is okay. I tell people all the time, it is okay to be picky if you're single. You want to, you don't want to settle and you don't want to marry a financial train wreck. Um, so have those upfront conversations, be bold with who you are, be proud of who you are. And the right person is really going to look at those at those attributes, especially financially, and appreciate them. If it's push, if they're pushing against them right from the beginning, get out. That relationship is not meant to be, and it won't last. Awesome. Well, this interview has been great. Thank you so much. Let's wrap up by having you tell our listeners where they can find you, and then we'll say goodbye. Absolutely. We would love to engage with any of your listeners. Um, you find us at themoneycouple.com. Our listeners can find all of the information and links to today's episode on idopodcast.com. Go to the podcast tab and you'll be in the archives. And again, thank you so much uh, for joining us on the show today. You bet. Have a great one. Hi, Sarah here. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so through Patreon, Amazon, or audible.com. All the links are on the bottom of our show notes page on idopodcast.com and in the description for this episode. Also, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe on iTunes. We appreciate it so much. Thanks. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.